Ladies and gentlemen, it is the dulcet tones of war by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. So that can only mean one thing. You are in the studio with Sam Gilstraps and the Ghost Lights Podcast. We're doing big things tonight. It is day two of the NFL Draft, but it is podcast number 25 with Ben Hilzer. Can I call you Benjamin? Yeah. All right, Benjamin, how's it going? Great, buddy. How's it? Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, definitely. What were you saying about that intro song? Let's I'm probably going to download it. Now. Yeah, you probably should. Because I've listened to it on the other people's podcasts, and it's it's actually really good. It's like a great it is, up anthem. It is a great, it's a great song. It is definitely designed, like if you watch the music video on YouTube, it is, it is not, it is not to end, like open a, a, a talk show about theater, but uh, to, to ignite, to ignite resistance. It's like and, a pound your chest Wolf of Wall Street. Anyway. Exactly. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We did it at the same yeah. time. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we're we're in sync, baby. That's right. We're taking classes together. We're we're, we're commiserating. We're, uh, we're we're sharing our views about the draft. You should be happy. Darius Geis just went off the board of the Redskins. Or I should say the team from Washington is a terrible name for a football organization. I guess that's a good pick for them. I guess so. Chris Thompson, he's really good. Yeah, but. He's also one of those guys that they drafted late and didn't really think was going to do anything. Matt Jones right. was the, supposed to be the guy at the start of last year. That's true. And then it went to Chris Thompson. So maybe Darius is more consistent. He's the guy going forward for them. It's a that, great value pick. It is a great value two. pick. Yeah. Yeah. When really considering good. how many times he should have gotten off the board earlier in the day. Denver. 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 That's my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You're not alone. You are not alone, sir. Um, you are not alone in the booth either here with us. Um, episode 25 of the Ghost Lights Podcast. Big day for you yesterday, or t- t- earlier today, correct? Yeah, man. I had my Denver Center audition. The Generals, baby. Yeah. How do you feel it went? How were you? you I feel, feel pretty good about it. Nice. Uh, I'd only done it once before, and it was when, uh, you know, the old casting team was there. Mm-hmm. So this was, it was new. Um, but no, I felt really good about it. And I, f- I think mainly I feel great about it just because of that class we're taking. Yeah. Like, that is... An invaluable resource. Absolutely. That's my first uh, full class at the Denver Center. I took the, I took a couple of day workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my first full like you know six or eight week class there, and it is Sam and Sylvia do such a great job. Yeah, I love doing that kind of stuff. It is it is it's awesome. Um, one of the things I've loved about taking classes at the Denver Center, like I've, I've taken a class from Jeffrey Kent, Allison Watros now this year, and Sam and Sylvia Gregory. And they're both passionate about, all four of them are extremely passionate about what they're teaching. And they make it extremely infectious. And Sylvia is, we had her on the podcast about four episodes ago talking about casting and some of the things that she looks for. And that, that, you're right, just from her perspective, if you're just taking an auditioning class with Sylvia as your tutor, you're going to grow leaps and bounds. knowing Knowing exactly what they're looking for on a resume these days how to format it correctly in terms of what's going to make the eye pop and then just like professionalism yeah, and also good quality acting notes. Oh yeah. And, and then, then you have Sam who is the, the seasoned amazing actor that he is with impeccable notes, it, it, just fun energy from both of them. And, and I've never once felt like I can't do this. I'm not ready. These people have just made, like, they, they put the onus on you to come in and do the work, but 
It's the the amazing thing that Sam has really spearheaded for me was you know we did it in college like in a very academic way but like mm-hmm. laying out your actions yeah. for your pieces mm-hmm. and and getting that app that we have the, yeah the, the, what's what's it called the um, actors dictionary yeah the actions the actors thesaurus that thing is incredible because uh, uh, Sam after my contemporary piece was like you like this you know great job. You have you're playing a lot of actions mm-hmm. and you didn't write them down. And I was like, I know, like I, I feel like I know what I'm doing, and that dictionary helps me pinpoint it. Because like I'll type in, it's kind of this, and then it'll give me like all these other ones. I'm like, no, it's this. It's totally this one. Mm-hmm. And that makes me that much more specific. Yeah. And I feel so much stronger about what I'm doing. Oh yeah. So basically, in Sam and, in Sam and Sylvie's class, when we were doing our pieces, our contemporary and our Shakespeare, I you know I memorized it went in mm-hmm. with my actions and then they gave us notes and then it's time to heighten it to performance ready is how i treated it yeah you know like you do your your book work then you got to heighten it yeah like raise your raise your stakes and raise your performance and i felt that's why i felt particularly good about it nice the one thing i was uh i i sang too no uh and uh it was a uh, I felt pretty good about it just because it's a song from from a show and a role that i think I'll do one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man La Mancha. Oh, sweet. Sancho. Sancho. Yeah. You, you want to give us a taste? <laughs> no. You don't want to give me a taste of Sancho? No. Okay. I'm a pretty loud singer, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. You can go to the other end of the room. I'm Mike. We'll catch you. You're a big bang. We didn't even have mics. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't Yeah, you don't need mics. No, we're, yeah. we're pretty loud. But yeah. uh, that's a role I really want to do. It's just like a sidekick role. And nice. So I did I did his song, and, and it's a... I th- so I think it went well. Mm-hmm. So I got I got some laughs in there. So yeah, Fantastic, it, was, it, was, it, it felt pretty good about it. Good. Do you have? Are you lined up for any more auditions? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing because I know this is audition season. And it's oh, sure. Great is, that yeah. we had you on for this. Oh, this it's, time. It's busy right now. Um, mm. I have two auditions at Theater Works. Mm. Um, a general, so like an EPA, mm-hmm. and then I am going in for. Uh, we're in a house, uh, Macbeth. And, yeah, you're uh, fine. You can say it. Yes. I, I always have to check myself. Uh, Macbeth, and then they're also doing Macbeth and complete Shakespeare abridged. Nice. Rep. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then uh, Shakespeare in Love at the Fine Arts Center. Sweet. And I understudied uh, Shakespeare in Love in Cincinnati. Oh, great. So I'm real familiar with Definitely. Shakespeare in Love. Uh, and then there are shows that I have my eye on to audition for. Um, like uh, the Fox doing songs for a New World, and mm. I love Jason Robert Brown. Mm. So if they have auditions for that, I'll go off of that. And, uh, oh, American Idiot Town Hall. Oh, really want to go off of that. Well, you, I didn't know. My first experience with you was Jerusalem at the Edge. Yeah, and and then from that point on, like you've been in like musicals left and right. Uh, do, I, do you and you sang as your auditions? Yeah. Are, are you? Do you feel like more drawn to that end? It's funny you mention that. That's my roots, yeah. is singing. Huh. Like, I got into acting by singing. Like, because when, you know, when I was younger, I, uh, I didn't start acting until I was about 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was a closet theater kid for as long as I can remember. My mom is an elementary music teacher. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been around me, like, I would like tap dance on the tile when I was like three or four. 
I'm a, it's ironic because I'm a terrible dancer, but um, I used to do that and I just loved performing, but I always did it like in private. I wanted to be an athlete, mm-hmm. but as you know, I'm 5'8 and not very big. No, but you do have amazing top end speed. <laughs> I, no, you should see Ben Hilzer in the three cone drill. He is breathtaking. Oh <laughs> I used to be quick. Yeah. I know you're kidding, but I used to be quick. I, I ran up four, four six, mm. I think. Which is pretty good. That's pretty damn good. But I was also 5'8", 135. Yeah, and, and hands like stone. Uh, <laughs> I was a slot receiver in high school. I wasn't great. I was the second string varsity, first string JV nice. as a junior. I lettered my junior year because you had to get one statistic. <laughs> one statistic. And I was in on fourth down. Nice. And we punted, and I tackled the kid with the ball. Nice. So I have one tackle. I think you can Google. I think it's on the high school football stat website that I have one tackle. And that's all I got. And I you, I got a letter. So I got my entire letterman's jacket. Was it an F? A what? <laughs> was it an F? It was an F. Yeah. I got it. Uh, yeah, it was an F. It was an F. <laughs> no. I, but like, I was so small. Like, I'm 15 pounds lighter than I am now. Wow. I mean, that's, that's small. Yeah. And so like, I was... The big thing was is I didn't like to get hit and I didn't like to hit. Yeah. Because I was I was I was a slot receiver. I was okay. They wanted to put me a corner, but I didn't want to hit anyone. Yeah. So like. You're a, you're a liability in run coverage. Ah uh, yeah. There's man. no oh, denying. I led on a huge touchdown. <laughs> uh, Var- we were getting pummeled. Oh okay. We were getting pummeled by uh, who was it? Faith Christian maybe. And they were two A. We were three A. And they ruined us. It was like 50, 56 to. Zero, like it was bad, and so they put me in. Of course, because we were losing, <laughs> and I let on like a forty-yard touchdown. And you know, at some point, you have to like seek out other things you're good at. Mm. I actually remember this, not to get too emotional, but I remember like having a moment when I was sixteen years or fifteen or sixteen, really, really upset, and I was like crying to my mom, and I was like, I just want to be good at something. Mm. That's all I wanted because I felt like I was a, dra- a jack of all trades. Like, I was smart, but my best friends finished like two, four, and six in our class. Mm. And I was like 20. So, like, I was smart, but like not the smartest. You know, I was okay at football, not the best. And, and I hadn't gotten into performing. And I, I was just super upset at that particular point in time. And my mom, like, didn't know what to do. And, when I was 16, a sophomore in high school, my buddy posted on, it might have been MySpace, <laughs> uh, at the time, just just to, not even like asking, but just like, man, we could really use a singer for our band. Mm. And I had always dabbled in it. Like, I did choir in a couple years growing up, and I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to ask. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I sing... Not all the time, but I'm pretty good. Like, can I, can I mess around with you guys? And they were like, yeah, come to a couple rehearsals. And I just didn't stop. Mm. So I played in bands for three years, sophomore, junior, and senior year, all throughout high school. And we played, we played all around town. We played uh, at the Gothic twice. Nice. We played at the Oriental Theater. We played at the High Dive. We played at these two... 
awful venues. I'm sorry, I don't like them. Uh, Cervantes and Coyotes, mm. which are downtown. Yeah. And at the time, five points, baby. At the time in high school, which was uh, eight, or longer than eight, ten years ago, I guess mm. now, there was a bad part of town. Like that was not a good place, and so we were carrying like expensive equipment, and like I think a couple of our fans got beat up at a gas station oh, after wow. our show. So like yeah, I didn't like those venues. I'm sure that I know that I know for a fact that area is much better now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then like that's what that's what we did, and that's what I did. Mm. I was the singer of our band in high school, and that was like what I loved doing. Um, but uh, we kind of like were getting tired, and we were growing growing apart in styles. Like they liked. They liked heavy metal and uh, like techno-y music, and mm. I I didn't like that. My my style was like alternative, pop punk and uh, like glam punk, yeah. like Queen and stuff like. That. I really that's still my favorite band. Um, so we kind of grew apart, and then my junior year of high school, I watched my high school's production of Aida, the rock musical by Elton John, mm-hmm. and I was mesmerized. I thought it was incredible. And so I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I could do that, and I want to. I don't know why. I had done nothing to really, like, show that I could act. I was just like, I think that's something I can do. I think it is. Yeah. And so before we even announced our senior year, so I wasn't in any choirs, by the way, in junior year. Okay. I had no affiliation with any of the performing arts in high school whatsoever. No. But I went to the choir teacher and I was like, I want to be the lead in your musical. Don't know what the musical is. Like, can you imagine doing that now to a director? Hey, I want to be the lead in your fall musical in 2019. Hey, if you, if you got the goods, baby, I'll give you any opportunity. But like, that's so ridiculous. But like, yeah. 17-year-old Ben, I just wanted to do it. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I want, I want to do this. And she was like, okay, well, I think it's Grease. And I was like, cool, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. Nice. And... I auditioned for the, we had like two honor choirs, mm-hmm. and I got into both, because this teacher liked me. Nice. But, and they needed men, mm-hmm. and I could carry a tune. Mm-hmm. But then that choir teacher left. Ah. She quit, and we got a new one. And so I was like, oh no. I still was in the choirs, so I, got, I had that. But then uh, the, our new choir teacher, and we got along really well. Good. And she announced it was... How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Mm-hmm. Do you know that show? I know of it vaguely. It's basically like campy Mad Men, the musical. Oh. It's pretty sexist. That with... Oh, okay. There's okay. a song called A Secretary's Not a Toy. But here's the thing. I this is a great it. musical to put on at a, at a high school. It's gotta be. It is, because it doesn't, <laughs> mean, it doesn't mean harm. Here's why it's a great high school musical. It's like Fiddler on the Roof and like Once Upon a Match. Well, just so you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Keep going. I'm trying to think of better things to say about it. It's fun. It doesn't... I like it a lot. Um, but uh, it's it's written by the same guy who did Guys and Dolls, I think. But um, So like, I wanted to... I told this new choir teacher, I was like, I want to be the main character in How to Succeed. And she was like, okay, well, have you ever done theater? And I was like, no, of course not. Like, <laughs> like no, but I want to do your show. Yeah. And she was like, well, maybe you should audition for the plays. 
And I was like, all right, fine. And so I saw that the play signups were out, and I signed up for The Diary of Anne Frank. And I don't remember the other audition. It was two. One was a comedy, one was a drama. And it's funny now, because I, I do a lot of comedy now. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I was like, I'm going to do, do a drama. I'm going to do a dramatic piece. All right. And I googled dramatic monologues. I have no earth how this popped up, Sam Gilstrap. But Boy Meets World popped up. Boy Meets World? Yeah! I used a Boy Meets World monologue for this audition. <laughs> and I didn't even memorize it. I did it the day of. <laughs> so I went in with it in my hand and did it. And they cast me. They cast me as a Nazi in Diary Man Frank. So I came on at the end for about two minutes mm -hmm. right and i just did that like it was kind of nice like this i got to show up like at nine you know so like i didn't have to say the whole thing there you go. but like it got me to know the people in theater and it got me to like get acquainted and like they knew i existed and then i did get the lead and how to succeed in business without really trying because <laughs> the lead role is uh a guy called j pierpont finch and he is like he basically like, charms his way to the top by like you know, playing politics and, and kissing butt and, mm. and just saying the right things to the right people. And uh, that's what I was doing mm -hmm. to the teacher. I didn't do it intentionally, but that's what I was doing. And my choir teacher was like, I just feel like you would do this without me telling you. You're this guy. But I felt like, like I, I could do all the songs. Like the songs were, you know, because I was a singer. Mm -hmm. And so that was totally, totally fine. But that, like, stage performing, mm -hmm. they broke me down, man. Like, chain out, project. Because, like, I mean, it was a 400-seat high school auditorium. Like, mm -hmm. it's not small. And, it, like, I remember it was, like, the week before opening, the light bulb went off on having everyone see you to cheat out and, and speak loudly. It was like night and day one day. But yeah, so base but but still like even though I figured that part out, I treated every show I did like a concert with words I had to say in between. Mm. Like so everything I, I never thought about auditioning for a play. Not even once. But I got the bug. Like I loved singing the style of musicals and so after that I auditioned for Guys and Dolls. Mm -hmm. I had an inspired creative. Mm. And they're, they're now the resident theater company at the Pace Center. Mm -hmm. um, and I got uh, Rusty. He's like he's a guy who sings uh, the trio at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I did the Little Shop of Horrors with them. And I did the lead role, Seymour. Yes. But, like, again, I'm still treating all of these like, oh, yeah, I get to sing, like, these songs and dance a little bit. Like, it, it, it didn't make sense. I didn't feel like I was acting. Mm -hmm. So I was still singing. And then in college, I did a couple of the musicals. Um, and then I did Dr. Horrible's sing-along vlog. Awesome. You ever seen that yeah. on Netflix? Yeah, it's awesome. It is it's awesome. Hysterical. For it's hysterical. Like, and it's so well written. Right? It's, and I don't even know if it was written, because like, it was done during the writer's strike, but it, like, I'm sure I'm sure Neil Patrick Harris, like, he had to be like writing a lot of that. It's, I think it was Joss Whedon, though. Was Joss it? Whedon wrote it? He, uh, he, he might have. directed yeah. it. I don't know yeah. if he wrote it. Yeah. But it's his It thing. sounds like something he would do, because he's, he's just a genius. But him and Nathan Fillion. Oh. Well, so, so good. in 2012, mm -hmm. that was when I was a sophomore in college, 
Doctor, the people of Doctor Horrible posted this thing saying, "For a limited time, you can do our show for free." Who? Here's the script. Here's the songs. We don't care. So our it was a student production. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't on the main stage. But it was a student production. She screenshotted it and was like, "We're doing Doctor Horrible." So I auditioned and I got Doctor Horrible. So I got to do it. And at that time, that's when um, the head of the theater department. Walt Jones. Um, have you ever heard of the show 1940s Radio Hour? No. Bernie did it at North Glen maybe okay. two or three years ago. And Arvada did it maybe five years before oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I remember seeing something about that. I think it was like at the Parsons Theater or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's exactly it. Nice. He wrote that. Oh, he wrote, directed it on Broadway. Mm. And so that's kind of his thing. And he, he was a Yale drama school grad. And he saw me in Dr. Horrible. What college is this? Uh, CSU. Okay. For Collins. Go Rams. And, uh, go, go Rams. Yeah. Woo woo. And, uh... They got all my money today, so I'm good. I'm done with the Rams. Are you graduate? Yeah, I went there for two years, and then I transferred. But oh. I still hadn't paid them off until I could. I saw your post. Congrats, yeah. buddy. Thank you. Thank That's you. a huge achievement. Yeah. No, I had to I, I had to throw that in there. I'm kind of stoked about it. I No, I meant to tell you congrats. Thank you. I was like, I showed Caitlin. I was like, that I'm so proud of it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a big day for anyone. Um, anyway. Sam paid off his student loans, by the way. Yeah, in case you're following. We were vague booking. Yeah, we're vague booking. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But, but anyway, uh, Walt saw me in Dr. Horrible, and he was like, I really like that kid. And he told my director, he was like, make sure he auditions for my musical next year. Hmm. And I didn't even, this is how, so I was an accountant, I, I graduated with an accounting and finance degree. Mm -hmm. I didn't major in theater. Oh, damn. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Accounting and corporate finance. Yeah, definitely not what I would have paid you for. <laughs> but then again, I don't know what I would have paid you for graduating with, like your degree. I thought for sure it would have been theater because I know you just went over to Cincinnati. Yeah. To like to do more theater work. That's true. Yeah, so I was like, oh man, he's got a BA already in theater. He spends right. a lot of time with it. You know, I'm a. Uh... Well, I'll get there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're not so... a CPA yet. No, I am. <laughs> Are you? I got my CPA during ah. Jerusalem. Ah. I was backstage of Jerusalem, and I was like... Can I pay you to do my taxes next year? Oh, I'm, I'm not a tax accountant. Oh, thank you. I'm just as Clearly, good. I don't know what a CPA is. No, no, no. Okay. There are. I focus in financial accounting. Mm. I do corporate audits mm. for a living. Extra okay. audits. I'm not self... I don't impose on people. Nice. Um, but anyway, so like at CSU, I was an accounting and finance student. So I spent all my time at the business school. So I didn't even like comprehend that I could audition for these main stage shows hmm. didn't cross my mind because when I, I did a show at CSU a student production mm -hmm. uh, the same director as Dr. Horrible hmm. and she directed me and I got a supporting little role it was a great role um, and uh, so I did that and then at the same time they were auditioning for the main stage but I remember walking into that first audition at CSU and they were like, what are you auditioning for today? I was like, only the musical. Mm -hmm. Not on, Nothing on the main stage. Only the musical. Thank you. And I did my song. And I was like, yep, I don't want to, like, I'm not good enough, basically. I was like, ah. they're so good. I was like, they major in this. I'm not, I'm not even going <laughs> to. And I remember, like, you know, looking at the school paper and, like, seeing, uh, seeing the, it was, like, Midsummer, I think, mm -hmm. and an actor in there. I was like, man, they're, like, big actors. That's really cool. Like, that's awesome. I want to do that. But I never. But I knew I wouldn't because I didn't major in it. Um, but anyway, he asked me to audition. Or the director told me that he asked me to audition. 
and it was Evil Dead the Musical. Sweet. And that's what CSU is really good at. They're really good at like the campy musical. Like they did uh, Evil Dead, Reefer Madness, You're in Town. They're basically Equinox Theater Company. Yeah. They just, yeah, <laughs> basically. But that, but both those companies are so good at that stuff. They are. But anyway, well, companies, CSU. Um, but anyway, so CSU did Evil Dead, and Walt told this director to audition, and I did, and I left, and I was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens, and he gave me this role, the role of Jake, the redneck. Mm -hmm. It's a great role, but he had to do an accent. And I had never had to do that before. <laughs> and he was like funny. Which I also didn't get. You're not funny. I'm terribly unfunny. But, <laughs> but, like, but like that didn't cross my mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, he sings three songs. That's cool. But like <laughs> I just like read the script and I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I've... Because like Seymour, mm -hmm. Finch, Dr. Horrible. I was like, those are like leads. So like you just say the words and sing the songs. Or at least that's what I was doing. Yeah. But... For Jake, like, I had to do stuff. Because he's a redneck. Like, mm -hmm. a character, like, tobacco-spitting redneck. And so I go home over winter break, and I'm like, Mom, I got this role. I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> this is going to be really hard. I have no clue what to do. And she taught me the accent, because she's from, like, Ozark, Missouri. Nice. And she taught me the accent. And she, like, mentioned, like, oh, yeah, they spit take. And I was like, Okay. Hmm. And so, first read through, I, before I even, like, my line came up, it was my, my time for my first line during the read through, mm -hmm. and I just go, ting! <laughs> Everyone loved it. Nice. And I was like, that felt good. Yeah. That was probably the first time I genuinely made an attempt to make someone laugh, and it worked. Hmm. That was probably the first time. And I was like, that felt really good. I was like, I'm going to make more of these choices. Nice. And that's what carried me through this entire performance. And then the performance went over great. I got um, an Iron Ryan nomination. Ooh. Do you know what? Did you guys have those? I believe we did. I was, I didn't do a show there until my sophomore year. And it was a student. There's two, there were both two student productions that I was terrible in. So if they had those, I was never invited. I'm sure you weren't terrible. No, I was terrible. <laughs> what shows were they? Oh God. Uh like same time next year, which is this not the not not related to any story you've heard before, but the same premise of it was just a it was a re this level reunion gathering. Okay. And this reunion gathering there was a character that was a ghost and like floating around, like doing all the narration. But I was like I was the guy that was organizing the high school reunion, and everything was just... I was so... I don't know if it was over the top, but I was a, I was a bad guest at a stereotype. <laughs> it was the yeah. best way to describe my work in that. And, and it's, I mean, I was with a student director who was just trying to get the thing up. Sure. So, like, taking time and doing, like, acting notes and stuff like that. Like, no, all the blocking was organic. Right. Except for like the final dance scene with the ghost being revealed to us, and so there's a whole bunch of shit going on with that. But and then the other one, I was Galileo in like a eight minute scene. Like, Dude, here's the thing though, you need to like. Do you know many times all the aforementioned roles I said where I thought I was just singing and mm -hmm. saying words? You need time to 
make those mistakes. Absolutely. In front of people. Absolutely. It needs to hurt. Oh, yeah. No. You need to fuck it up. My, my gay dad saw my opening night performance at the same time next year, which was this huge, it was my huge break in college. Yeah. And he told me to my face, you were terrible. <laughs> really? Yeah. This, oh, guy, this guy caught me at my birth, looked me in the eye and said, you were terrible. This show was awful. And I'm like, ah. Did you appreciate that at the time? No, I was hella butthurt. Okay. I was hella butthurt. I would have been too. I, it took me forever to get good at taking negative notes. It, it took me a long time. I was 30 when I finally started going like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. And then I got to 34 and I'm like, you have no choice, Sam. Right. You have to hear the bad stuff if you're going to get good. See. Like it's. You so have to I, suck to get great. You do. Yeah. You, and college is perfect. Mm -hmm. College is the perfect place to do that. And so the more shows you do in college, the, the better you will get. I, I, know, I feel like that's true. Mm -hmm. Even if you're awful and like you hustle and you get like community theater or you get like little student shows like what I was doing, mm -hmm. you will get better. So... Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I got an Irene Ryan nomination. Awesome. That was also the first time that, like, basically anyone was like, you were good. Mm -hmm. And so then you get to go to, like, a little competition and compete and stuff like that. Um, and from that point on, I took acting as seriously as anything else I do in my entire life. Mm. From, so 2013, so five years now. I've been taking acting more seriously than anything in my life. Was that when you... So was that your freshman year at CSU? Uh, that was my junior year. Nice. So I did one show my freshman year, that supporting role with that student mm -hmm. director. Sophomore year was Dr. Horrible. Junior year was Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. And then my senior year, mm -hmm. I think I did five or six shows. I went buck wild. Yeah, you did. I did a show called... Oh, I did You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown over the summer. Mm -hmm. That was Charlie Brown. I did Orestes 2.0. It's a Chuck Mee play. It's a, it's a loosely, not loosely, it's based on Orestes. But it's really changed. Mm -hmm. um, I did Night of the Iguana. Hell yeah, great show. Tennessee Williams. Who were you in that? I was the German guy. Oh, nice. Who comes yeah. in and like, is like a guest in the, mm -hmm. in the place. Um... And then, oh, I did Fiddler on the Roof. I was a model uh, at the Rialto Theater in Loveland. Mm. And then I did Alice in Wonderland. I was the White Rabbit. And then after that, and after school, I worked at Open Stage Theater Company. Cool. Um, and I was Sylvester in Skipan. And then I was Moritz in Spring Awakening. Sweet. Yeah. And so those were like my first two professional gigs where I got paid. But... Yeah, once I did Evil Dead Man, that was the f that from that point on, everything has been like I like this a lot. I want to do this for a living. Cause Walt also sat me down. I can't remember if it was before or after Evil Dead, and he was also the first person, and only probably, to look me in the face and say you could do this for a living. Hmm. And that is a lot for a twenty-one-year-old to hear and. That was such a glass-shattering moment for me. And I was like, I want to. This is best. 
So, from that point on, I just have been grinding, like, really hard at trying to do as much as I can, trying to learn as much as I can. Like, every director I get is, like, my new acting teacher, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, Absolutely. Because, like, I think we talked about this, like, I don't get to take too many Demerson classes because we're always working. Yeah. You know? It's a good problem to have. It is, but... I'll tell you, man, this class, like, mm -hmm. has really been awesome in a different way than working is. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I was available to do it is uh, this concert that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's only a week of rehearsals. Nice. Um, oh, should I explain that? Yeah, explain that concert. I What's this concert you're vague, doing? Vague booking. Um, <laughs> to, uh, Saturday, 428 and 429, I'm doing a concert version of West Side Story. With Central City Opera and the Boulder Philharmonic. Uh, the first one, Saturday, is at the Mackey Auditorium, and the Sunday one is at Lone Tree Art Center. Okay. Uh, they're both sold out. They sold out 10 days before we opened. Sweet. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, they have like professional union opera singers, too. Like, it's gonna be really good. And I did West Side Story three years ago. That's how I got it. It was, um, I emailed them, and I was like, hey, like, I've done the show. Do you need a jet? And they're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We'll be great. Yeah, can you be a jet? Sweet. And I was like, I, being a jet is so much fun. When you're a jet, you're a jet. Uh, do you, so you know that show? I, I, I have seen a recent production of it, yes. Where? At Littleton. Oh, man. Littleton's one of my favorite theaters. Yeah, it's a great spot. I love Littleton's. Yeah. I, have, I, I, had, I had reservations about a casting choice, but... Aside from that, the music is always beautiful. Did you audition? No. Oh, so usually when people say that, it's like, I didn't get it. No, no. I, I'll be, these are the shows I've had reservations about. Like, there was a show, there was a baseball play that was very early in my career that I was terrible at, and they casted um, a, a little-known actor at the time in my brain, Tom Barillo, who was, <laughs> he was, he was fantastic in the role. Um, he's good in everything. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's a pretty damn good actor. Tom Barillo is. Tom Barillo is fucking good. Yeah. Tom, shout out to you, brother. Nice. We did a movie together recently. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I didn't get to work with him. Ah. We were in different scenes, but. <laughs> you, but yeah. But he was in there. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> he was. He was definitely there. He was in there. There was a, there was another show where I didn't get cast, and I was like, I was extremely butthurt about it. I went to go see it on opening night, just prepared to hate it. And I was like, fuck, he's really good. <laughs> God damn it, he's really good. He is so much better than me. All right, go back to class. <laughs> That's the difference between, like, adult Ben and younger Ben. Ah. I can, like, sit there now and watch people who beat me, and I'm like, yeah, you are awesome. Mm -hmm. That is so, so fine. But, you know, mm -hmm. starting out, you're like, no. No, no. That sucks. Yeah, baby, you said it. When you start taking it seriously, like, I'm, gonna, I'm making this number one, and you pour yourself... All into it. The second you don't get it, you don't get that opportunity that you were hanging out. You were hanging out in front of you that carrot. The second that thing falls to the floor and you don't get it, you you hate everybody in that fucking show. <laughs> and at least that's where I came from. It's like you all bitter about all of this. And then you go, oh man, they are good. They were awesome. They were awesome. Darn it. Well, I guess I'll go hang out in the lobby. And have a drink with them. Tell them great job. Tell them great job. Shower them with love. Uh, give them a really firm handshake. Maybe I break their hand and they need a replacement. <laughs> and then you get, or then you get older, and you're like, well, hopefully you get not older, but you just you stop drinking your Kool Aid for a little bit and understand that, like, I was, 
you were talking about some of the people that you had seen um, in Louisville. It's like by Barbara Walsh. So you're talking about so that process, good. and like you said, like she was like she was playing Bar- Meryl Streep's role in Angels in, the, in America in the miniseries. Yeah, yeah, and and I was sitting there going like, um, when you were talking about that, it's like Meryl Streep is undeniably an amazing actress. She's an absolutely amazing actress. She does movies. There are amazing, um, there are a million amazing actors all over the world that we'll never hear about that just do great work in, 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 that's not small potatoes, Angels in America at that rep theater in Louisville. Right. Like, that's not small at all. Like, that, you have to have game to get there. And, but it's so, but when you start thinking in terms like there are great actors everywhere, you really get the sense of it comes down to directorial vision, maybe relationships, maybe that plays a hand in it. But if that's the case, you're not allowed to know that really. I mean, if you do, that can add to some disgruntled quality. But the truth of the matter is, it's vision. Then you can either go in there and wow them and become the director's new best friend, <laughs> or you, or you're subject to whatever relationship existed before you, and that is outside of your control. You can only control the quality of your work, and how it's much. Kind of freeing though, knowing that. Yeah, absolutely. But for but to say, it took me years to think about my quality of work, as opposed to, oh, they don't like me, they don't love me, that's bullshit. I'm great. Like thinking in terms of that, and that, and I fought with that for a while. And every once in a while, that that greedy monster rears its head and starts trying to tell me how amazing I think I am, and and it, and it fucks up a week of rehearsal, but. Yeah. But even, like, because it does with me, too, mm-hmm. but even when it does, the other part, which is like, I did a good job. Yeah. And then it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. He doesn't like me? Fine. I sang really well. Or I had a great monologue. I did a great job. Like, who cares? You yeah. know? And something, too, like, you, I, you have to, like, trust yourself and the universe that something else will pop up. Yeah. Whether, like, you book something that you auditioned for months ago and someone dropped out and they call you. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason this other company didn't call you. You know what I mean? Like, something will happen. Or, like, you get extra shifts at work and you get overtime. Like, something happens where mm-hmm. your time gets filled and you feel like your time is well spent. And that's a big thing, too, is I have to, like, trust that process. You know, like, trust that... Whatever happens when I put myself out there, the world will, will act as follows. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's it's treated me pretty well. Nice. So, but anyway, to answer your question, yes, I do sing. Nice. That, thank I you. I do sing a lot. That was a that was 30, 40 minutes ago. Of singing. <laughs> yeah. I do sing. I sing quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I. What are I, what are your top five songs you sing in the car, Ben? Don't stop me now by Queen. Nice. Grace Kelly by Mika. Uh, I sing Waving Through a Window by Dear Evan Hansen a lot. <laughs> because I'll never play that part, but I love that song. That song's incredible. Uh, that's three. Um, if, you, if you could give me a top three, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, Don't Stop Me Now is my favorite song. Yeah. Don't stop me now. I sang that for Mamma Mia at the Arvada Center. Oh, man. For the audition. Did you get Mamma Mia? Oh, no. Oh, okay. No. They no. needed dancers, I think. No. And I'm not a dancer at all. But I sang the hell out of that song. Yeah, I bet you And did. I left the audition. I was like, you know what? That's awesome. 
I sang one of my favorite songs, and I felt great about it. Mm. So that's all. That's all well and good. Good. Yeah, man. That, that, that's a good example. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I was like, I sang one of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. and I loved it. So, like, good day. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I felt great about it. it I, I've always toyed with the idea of singing at the, uh, the generals at the DCPA. It's just like, but the only songs I want to sing are my songs, like my favorite songs. And they're all R&B slow jams. And there's not a lot of musicals with <laughs> R&B slow jams. I think you should do it anyway. You should, you should, should I, tomorrow? Yeah. You should do it. So, should I just get the sheet music for uh, Crash by uh, Dave Matthews Band? I think, <laughs> I think so. I can totally do that one. Let's see what other... Um, a Neighbors Know My Name by Trey Songs. A Neighbors Know My Name by Trey Songs. That's a great song. Oh, there's that screaming, scratching, yelling. I'll tell you what, man. The accompanist will, will get it for you. I hope They'll so. do it. Have you yeah. ever done a musical audition? Um, not since college when I got, um, was it Once on This Island? Oh, yeah. Did you end up doing it? Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I, I knew I had to do a musical before I graduated. Like, there was something about, like, all right, you're in college to learn about acting, and you hate musicals. I hated a lot of the musical theater people, which I hope you guys listen and hear that, because you've all proven me wrong. But anyway, um, wait. Am I a musical theater person? No, you're you're a guy. You're a musical. You're an actor guy. Okay, sweet. You're a friend guy. That's good. Yeah. No, you're in the you're 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 you're, you're in the fold. Well, also because in reference to your question, I do half and half. Yeah, you do. Almost every year, I do about three and three. Yeah. But then, and here's the thing too: is like you, you, you hold a um, a talent that is, that uh, that while I don't necessarily enjoy musical theater, I do respect the talent that it takes to, um, adequately and honestly perform a musical or a song with honest acting intention, and that's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Mainly for me, because I always think of it in this absurd thing, like, you're breaking into song now? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, oh, this is a great time. You're holding your dead wife. All right, lay it on me. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in an emaciated, like, what's the, not emaciated, but like eviscerated restaurant <laughs> where your friends used to gather and tell tales. <laughs> Sing to me about those times when your friends would gather and sing, but they won't be back here anymore. That's one of the songs I sing in the shower. I love that song. I, I will, that's the song I use to get into Once on the Silence. I love that song. It's such a great song. Empty chairs and empty tables. Ah, you got a special place. Either. Yeah. I have to wait twenty years to play Tenardier. <sighs> I don't think I. Have, I don't think I've, I've. I don't. I'm in that weird, nebulous, like, ethnic age range where I, I don't think there's a musical for me, and I'm okay with that. Used ethnic to describe an age range. Yeah. Well, I'm in there. It's because I'm because I'm Native American. There's not a lot of Native American specific musicals. At least if they are, they're not getting produced. And yeah. yeah. And I also just yeah. I'm not a musical guy. Yeah. But I did. But I thought before I left college, like I need to do a musical. I need to know what they're about. I got the bount. I got the gate. The the gatekeeper for the rich family. And was you know an ensemble member, Not but like yeah, it's the, so there's a gatekeeper, and at one point I drove the imaginary car that gets into the car wreck that leads to the the two worlds colliding in romance, and I had a solo of sorts. It was two lines, and I didn't sing them. I yelled them, <laughs> and like everyone, like loud? yeah, like, like Steve Carell uh, and Anchorman. No, not like uh, not like that. Oh. No, no, definitely not that. But it was like. Uh, it, there were whatever the lines were, like I yelled them in time and meter. That's 
But, I would be fine with that. Yeah, but I didn't sing the song. Like I didn't sing it on point. If like, you sang it, if you yelled it rhythmically, yeah, that is, I guarantee, no one would have complained. Yeah, no one, no one had a problem with it. But like all the rest of the musical people that were in there, like they, were, I got asked like once a weekend, why aren't you singing those lines? I'm like, because it's two lines that like I, he's a gatekeeper. Like I didn't think like he's a gatekeeper with a song in his heart. <laughs> He's a gatekeeper. Like, he, I'm being directed to let her in and then check her out like a sleazeball. Like, I don't want to sing there. I want to do my job, but, like, check out this whore, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's what she was. I'm not singing about, like, not letting you into this gate. Because I go right back into being a member of the ensemble and singing my ass off. I mean, if, if the director was cool with it. Cookie didn't have a problem with it. Hey, man. Hey. That's, that's. Yeah. The, the Cookie and MB supported my choice. That's the only thing that matters. MB was the one that taught me how to how to how to yell it in time with the music in rhythm. You, you really don't know how valuable that is. Yeah. So, like I did a show in college with a girl who I dated, so she's oh. fine with me saying this because she knows. Uh, it's, a, it's not Caitlin. Oh no, Caitlin and I started dating shortly after we did West Side Story together okay. at the Pace Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about three years ago. Nice. Um, no, this girl I dated in Evil Dead. Um, was really tone deaf and, <laughs> and uh, like, just not musical at all. So, like, her solos, she just, bl- like, blasted through them. <laughs> and there was, like, a ton of music left when she was done. And so, like, they had to, like, stand there. Oh. So that's why when you said you did it in time, it's like, fine. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Does not matter. Yeah. Didn't, flo- didn't fuck up nothing. But anyway, once in, to prove what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of shows. Yeah, neither you do said I. Once on this island, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know that show. But then you've quoted other shows, and I'm just nodding my head and going, "Oh yeah!" I have no idea what you're talking about. If I've seen it or done it, obviously I know it. But part of it's like I'm like one of the. I, I love being an audience member because, mm-hmm. like, I when I see a show like I was saying earlier to you, it's usually for the first time, and I am like mesmerized because especially like if it's a great story, like. Mm-hmm. I am so invested in like what is happening. Yeah. And that's what I love. And if I read it or if I like someone tells me the end is ruined. And mm. I get so like sad. But like and this is what I didn't get in school because I didn't major in it. I did take a lot of acting classes. Like I got to take all the advanced acting classes, which was great and mm. which is what gave me my training. But like in a lot of like theater introductory theater class and stuff you read a lot of plays and, and are forced to see a bunch and I didn't do that mm-hmm. so like a ton of material and a ton of theater I haven't seen so like I was telling you when I went to Actors Theater of Louisville mm-hmm. when I was in Cincinnati that was the first time I had seen Angels in America and it was with that cast Act- Actors Theater of Louisville is basically Broadway mm-hmm. Broadway and then like one tiny sliver down is Actors Theater of Louisville yeah with that cast at that theater, I have never been more enamored with anything in my entire life. Mm. It was the most incredible theater experience I've ever seen in my entire life. And the only thing I knew about it was that it was called Angels in America. It was two parts. It was seven hours long. And it was called A Gay Fantasia. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew about it. And honestly, I thought I would be bored. I was like, ah, like, oh, this is going to be a lot of like exposition and <laughs> explaining <laughs> and it it was the most captivating story still is that I've ever seen in my entire life 
and it, the, the three and a half hours for part one felt like one and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, intermission came, and I was like, no. Like, I need more. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, uh, and so, like, experiences like that are what I love when I go see theaters. And that's everywhere. Yeah. Like, at Vintage, all these places, Miner's Alley, um, all, all the places that I go see theater. And I see a lot of theater. I try to see, like, when I'm not doing a show, I try to see, like, one a weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. What did you see this weekend? Pull up my phone. I keep a list of them. Yeah, no, I want to see. I've seen a cool. bunch of shows this year. So I got Whip back from Cincinnati in July, like July one, mm-hmm. and I have seen. You didn't see Guards of the Taj. I didn't because I was doing something's afoot. Yeah, liar. At Littleton Town Hall. No, I'm serious. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Because Jenna was telling me about it. Yeah. Uh, I saw Into the Woods at Performance Now. Rumors at Spotlight. Hedwig at the Fox. Mm. Fun Home at Miner's Alley. Oklahoma at Theater Works. Fences at Lone Tree Art Center. This is Modern Art at the Denver Center, Diary of Anne Frank at Spotlight, Sunday in the Park with George at the Arvada Center, and then, oh no, and 39 Steps at Miner's Alley, and then I have tickets for Tommy and Bullets over Broadway. Nice. What night are you going to see Bullets? Uh, Caitlin has a comp for me, so it's, it's, she's in the pit, she's playing in the pit. Well, can we go together? I, yeah. Do you want, what are we doing next weekend? Seeing Bullets over Broadway. Fuck yeah, we are. Let's, all right, sweet. Hell it's yeah. a date night. I yeah, love let's, it. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited. Sweet. Yeah. I, all I've got after uh, after Saturday is um, prepare for a class and on, on Wednesday. I'm taking the week off to focus on my Arvada Center audition on the 8th. So oh, okay. I will definitely take that night of celebration. Let's Good. go see the Bullets over Broadway. I'll, I'll email Bernie so I get my comp too. Sweet. And um, anyway, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you go see theater. What I are, see a lot. What so here you are? You, you see Elton John's musical. Pronounce the name for me. Aida. Aida. I wanted to say Avida, and I knew that was way off. <laughs> um, so Aida, you're sitting there in that audience. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. What was it about you that said yes? What? What? Because it, it, it sounds like that yes is still there. Oh God! It's of course, yeah, man. It's the flame that that keeps me going, man. What were the things? I think it was the culmination of everything I've ever wanted to do. Mm. Like, I had been playing in in rock bands for two years. And, like, I loved that. Mm-hmm. But it was very... It was... It didn't feel as tangible as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I, ha- I was also, like, our booking agent. So I had to, like, get all of our gigs. And, like, I had to sell tickets. And I hate doing that mm-hmm. that drove me ah uh, it hurt my soul to like constantly post on facebook and be like guys come see my band and yeah. blankety blank and uh if, it, if i can't do it in a cover photo i don't want to it's hard for me now yeah. like i used to work really hard just by every once a weekend making a post but like eh, i've kind of stopped doing it mainly because i'm i have so many of my friends are theater friends and i can't see all of your shows either so if you can't see mine, I'm, I'm gonna I will make a joke, and only be butthurt about one or two people not actually seeing it. But that's like right. my mom. But yeah. I hate I hate the pimping of a project. All like the when time. and when they're when serious about it. Yeah, when it's all the time and you gotta do it, like it's hard. Because it I do believe people want to see all the things. Yeah, they do. Because I do. Yeah, I do. If you got the money and the time, make it happen, baby. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's why like when. People, like, post, like, come see my thing. It's like, I know about your thing. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it's on my list of things I want to see. 
like I have, and I promise you, I have like a, a way that I, I book my shows out and, you know, it's, I promise you, if I can, I will. Mm-hmm. Usually when I'm in a show, not going to happen. Yeah. Unless at the Denver Center, because the shows I do, like even at TheaterWorks, they do Wednesday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. So then I see the Tuesday at the Denver Center, you know, or our Bass Center. Mm-hmm. So like I can see those, but, you know, beyond that, I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to see a bunch. Anyway, you know, your question. Um, <laughs> I think it was, it was putting on a character. I loved that. Because in a rock band, you're not. You're yourself. Mm-hmm. And that hurts. Yeah. Like, and I also, I went back and listened to myself in high school, like when I was 16, 17. I wasn't that great. I really wasn't. Like, I, I wasn't listening to the music. I have a very good ear. Like, I can sing stuff a cappella and get pretty close to the key. I emphasize pretty close because like when I wasn't listening to the band and we were doing a cover song that I knew, mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to the band. So I was singing it the way that I know it and it was sometimes off. And so I was like, oh my God, it sounds awful. <laughs> and then when I did choir, like I mentioned in high school, those two honor choirs, one of them was a jazz a cappella group and I had to listen because mm. there was no nothing. I was forced. So that was my training. So I, I was forced to really start to listen, and that's when I got good. Mm. So my sophomore year, junior, I didn't think I was so hot. I have demo tracks of one, a couple of our songs from my band from sophomore year, junior, and senior year. And the senior year one is immensely better than my other two. And, I was, and it made me feel good because it's like, look at all that growth. Like that's, and then... And I still like to do that. Like, like, look at when I first started out in Denver to now. Like, I'll, I'll watch different videos and I'll be like, "Good, there's growth." As long as there's growth, that is mm-hmm. really just what I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, like, putting on a character was awesome. Singing songs, and also like, I don't know, being on stage, I love too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to. I didn't have to sell tickets. I didn't have to. I could hide. Like, I could be someone else and serve a story, and I wanted to do that. I didn't know how, obviously, because no one knows how, like, without training. But I wanted to, and that's what did it, man, Hmm. when I was 17, and I, that has never gone away since. You're talking about applying for a BFA now, next. Uh, MFA. MFA, sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to do undergrad again. Okay. Uh, I know, I've been, when I graduated college, I took professional actor prep, Okay. With, with Walt mm-hmm. and he had us do like a, make a business plan right and I have all these goals for three years after school which was actually this year for me um, and I said I want to apply for, for audition for MFAs mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna I can't audition especially now like I'm so rooted with my girlfriend and my dog mm-hmm. and my girlfriend and my dog my, my, but like our life Mm-hmm. And like my friends and my family and my, and even the theater that I do, I love the work that yeah. I do. Um, that I, I won't just leave for anything. It has to be something really really good. Mm-hmm. So I have like a list of like five schools or so that I want to audition for. And if I get in, great. And if not, you know, I'll I won't. But you yeah, still got this. I still I just want more of the training. Mm-hmm. Like I I would love three years of a safe space with the best teachers in the country to get better yeah. and come out 
and you know go to New York with my equity card and and get ready to go. Mm. I mean, I, I like I would love to have that opportunity. Now, do you want that opportunity because there's a, de- a desire to be famous, or no, is it just it. a desire to have this be your job? No, it's just to be my job. When it's funny you mention that because as I got older, mm-hmm. I was mentioning the roles I was playing when I was younger. I mm-hmm. can't play those roles anymore. For, uh, for the most part, I can, play, I can play like Seymour in Little Shop, but I can't play any of the others. I turn into a character actor. Mm-hmm. Part of it's like I lost my hair, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, and then you just, your, your type completely changes. And I think that's when the vanity of it melted away. Because, mm-hmm. it, no, it's not about that at all. Like, I would, my, some of my, my favorite actors are the actors that general people probably don't know but they go i've seen you mm-hmm. paul giamatti yeah one of my favorites um like uh jk simmons mm-hmm. you know guys like that uh michael shannon oh my god he's one of my absolute he's favorites. a great actor yeah. i saw him in laundry's journey tonight on broadway no man it's cool. not not to be famous at all i don't mm-hmm. i I still like am shocked in Colorado when I'm like in the lobby and someone will be like, I saw you in that thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Like that's, it catches me so off guard. Um, I just want to wake up and not be sad about what I'm going to do that day. That's mm. all I want. You're sad about your day job. Huh? Uh, mm, it's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, I'm a CPA at a CPA firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm good at it and I love the people, but like, obviously my heart is somewhere else and that's not a secret. Like, I feel like everyone knows that. Um, but, and I'm I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are in similar situations. Oh, of course. They work a job that it, 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 it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. it, in terms of if the, if the quest is fulfillment might leave something to be desired. My... My job is particularly great because they, because it's a CPA firm. Mm. I have left on three different occasions for a month or longer and came back to nice. do an acting contract. That's fantastic. That is invaluable to me. Yeah. And so I'm incredibly loyal to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I will go back and work there put my head down for them as long as they keep making it work with my theater stuff. That is so invaluable to me. Yeah. So, um, like, no, I, I truly just want to just surround my life with that. Like, wake up and have my day be filled with that. Mm. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I want. Nice. So. Yeah, that would be, that would be a great, I think, outcome for any of us and one of the things that I I'm I look at every time I walk into the DCPA for classes I'm just like some of these people just this is their lives they walk into this building every day and I'm I get nervous every time I walk into the theater on the third floor you know at the end of the long hall I get nervous every time I walk into that room I, I every time I, I I park I always park four blocks away by the Denver Diner. I always see you walking. Yeah, and I want to know where you park. And I, that's where I park because it's two hours parking, and I and I usually get there right at four, and I'm good the rest of the day. So or early in the morning, it's they don't they don't take it to like ten o'clock, and I've gotten lucky. Um, if they take it on Saturday, it's totally fine. It's it's worth it to me. Um, but. Um, yeah, I just I, I walk past those white giants and I get nervous. And there was a post today on Facebook, 
the um, the wall inside the um, I think it's the Bonfils Theater Center now where they got the space and the Jones and all that. I love that place. I love walking through that. Yeah, and they have they have this wall of headshots. The first time I saw a show inside that room, and it was like, I want I want to be up there. I want a face up there. I don't care how big the part is. I want my face on this wall. I want to walk in here. And, and I was watching some of the people who were commenting on it and they were talking about certain of the things that they had accomplished, like breaking down into tears when they saw that and remembering it and wishing it was back. And I was like, yeah, like that's, I don't know what that entails. All I know is it's every, every day I try to do something related to theater. And I'm, I'm a lazy ass. Like, I'll be honest. I'm a lazy ass. I work hard. I work really hard. But there are certain times I come home from work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to read the monologue twice and I'm going to stop. <laughs> you are kind of amazing with that, with what you did with Iago. Yeah. Well, that's I've also played with that monologue since I got into acting. It was the first monologue I saw and I was like, ooh, the bad guy. I was kind of like, yeah, but just how quick you memorized it. Yeah. I was... I thought I had an extra week of time. I was really lucky. I was really fortunate that, like, I've got, I got here early. I've got 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Read it. That's and then, and, and then I had less time because then people started walking up. I'm like, oh, no, I want to, I want to talk to Ben. I want to talk to Caitlin. I want to talk to Jennifer. <laughs> oh, hey, Sean Scratches. I want to talk to you, too. And, and I'm sitting there as people are going up ahead of me. I'm just like, good work, Amy. What's he then that says, I play the villain with the advice I give? <laughs> like all these things going on in my head. It's kind of amazing though. Mm. I don't memorize that quick. I'm a very... Well, that's the thing. Stupid. I better use it while I can. While I still got this brain that can process something quickly. When, when, your, foot's to, when your feet are to the fire, make a decision. And the decision often is to just dive 100% into it and, and make it work. Make it work. I did not want to go up there. And, well, it's totally, there were, there are people, and if there are people in the class who ever listened to this podcast who still had their script in their hand, I'm not knocking you. You're, you are, you're part of the process that I have been a part of the process. And it's a fun part to be there when you are still learning all the ins and outs. And you have a life on top of this class yep. that takes every waking moment. I don't have that, but I've occupied it with enough things to make my life busy enough to where stopping for two hours is difficult um, to, to work the scripts. Like the most work I've done in the scripts since our last class was this morning. Because this I, they didn't call me into school because of the walkout. I was with my scripts running them. Oh, that's what I want to do. Ooh, I'm going to try trilling my R's on this one section just to be ridiculous. And like all of those things, I can finally do that. But so you're sitting there with your script in your hand. That's not a knock on you. You're in a class learning. That's absolutely what fine. what it's for. It's like college. Like what I was saying. Yeah. You need that time. You need that time. And But in my head, it's I signed up for this because I have professional aspirations. I'm going hard professionally right now. I'm not saying you don't have the professional aspirations either. But I've got it in my noodle, in my ego, that says... You are not walking... You're not walking in front of those two people with out some semblance of a memorized script in your head. Let them give you a note and have you lose every line. That's fine. But go up there with something. And yeah, that's when you're scared enough and you've got to do it, you can you can accomplish it. Well and that's 
I did the same thing. I spent all week memorizing that monologue for mm. that class because I wanted the extra, like, I wanted the next level feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I great wanted point. I wanted to have my stuff down. I wanted to have my actions laid out, and then the next step. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do the homework. Let's do the class. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so I did the same thing. I I went and memorized on both my stuff just because I needed that next step mm-hmm. and then go home, apply it, ready to go nice. for my audition. And nice. so I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm excited. We, we walk into class tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'll be up and done by 10.45 and I'll have my audition at 1.45. That's awesome. And I'm looking for, I want all of those notes and the second I walk out of that class, it might be as soon as I'm done with my monologue, I might just leave, go get a cup of coffee, come back to the studio, find an open room and just work, 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 work and then sign in and just wait for my turn. Like it's just, I'm got to practice it and I want to, I want to be, it's just more important to me now than I think I ever made it, made it before. And it's great that this class availed itself and I mean, there, I'm sure there have been classes throughout our careers that we just couldn't take that would have gladly helped us prepare for yeah. these things. But and like I and I said during the podcast with Joe earlier this week, I'm sure I've made it too big of a monster now that I'll be my heart will be racing. But I walk into that building and my heart's racing no matter what I'm doing. So I might as well be focused. See, I think I think you can. Like, what I've gotten a lot better at lately with auditions is knowing that I prepared something, mm-hmm. I am prepared, and I executed it well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because really, a lot of people, and like, I don't want to speak for other people, what I used to do mm-hmm. was base everything on reactions. Because that's really all you can do, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. you think you did a good job mm-hmm. in your audition. Always, you, unless you mess it up. Absolutely. But like, usually it's like, yeah, I did a great job. And then you base it off of their reaction. And as Sylvia told us in the class, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you can't do that. Yeah. Sometimes they'll say great job. Sometimes they won't. But sometimes they're considering you. Sometimes they're writing notes down because they're considering you. You don't know. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot better in the last, I would say like year and a half, of preparing, taking the time recording my monologues on my phone, mm. memorizing them on the way to work, uh, getting home from rehearsal late, like 10.30, going to my basement, running it three times, going to bed, like just making it a part of my routine to show up prepared mm-hmm. because then I feel good about my audition no matter what. Like Mama Mia, like I felt great about it. Yeah. I didn't get a call back. But like I sang really well. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Um, but like that... I just am so much better able to like throw it away just to know that I executed and leave and enjoy my day. Mm -hmm. And that makes me a lot happier and less insane. I still get nervous like checking my email like callbacks? Yeah. Callback email go out? Like Mm -hmm. we all do that but like talking about the quality of what I did like I'm much more able to just like, be like, no, buddy, you did a good job. It's okay. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Yeah, you have to get to a point where as long as you know you did your best with that moment, 
whatever anyone else applies to it is up to them. Like yeah. I want to, like, it, it's, it's, it takes a, for some of us, for me, it took a long time to get to a place where like, I feel good before this show. I'm just going to take it moment to moment. I'm going to, I feel good at this moment, but let me see what happens in 20 seconds, you know, and, and not judging it, but just being like, okay, that's what's, that's what I'm feeling. That's what, and then walk away from it. Like, you know, I was a little tired today, but I was still solid. Good work, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and, and you gotta get to that place where it's like every show is every show is an amazing opportunity, but not get bogged down by this fear of the quality. Cause it's at and I we've I mean, I think I was I've been talking about it a lot. You may think you had a weak night and that's the night you get the call back of a lifetime. I know. Or that's or that's the night where you you, you touch Walter Scott and he goes, That boy Send them to me. And then what happens next is a passion-fueled career. I'm a victim, though, of... I think I was telling you earlier, like... I adore performing from curtain up till curtain down. Mm -hmm. This time that I'm out there, I thrive, everything feels right, and then the second it's done... When I'm thrown to the wolves of the audience's opinion, mm. that's when I crumble. Mm. I have really bad social anxiety, even with my friends. Mm. Like I, I like to think I know. I may be wrong, but I, I think I can tell. Like after a show, like if a friend thinks I did a good job or not. Mm -hmm. No matter what comes out of their mouth, I usually like have an opinion as to what they actually think, and it can ruin my night. Yeah, and. That sucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm working really hard to try to get better at that. But oftentimes I just, like I was saying, I just leave. Yeah. And, and that's for me. Like I know that I'll take whatever they say wrong, that no one can say the right thing to me. Mm. And I'll, I just have to remove myself from the situation. And it's really sad. What do you think that is? I don't know, man. I think it's just because like, because I really care. Yeah. Like I really care about what the work I was doing. I was trying to make a lot of people happy. I love what I do, mm -hmm. and I don't want to. I don't want to hear that someone thought I was awful. Yeah. And so like, or or the subtext that they thought I was awful, where they're mm -hmm. like, "Congratulations! That's the <laughs> that's euphemism number one." Yeah. Looks like you were having fun. <laughs> yeah. All those euphemisms. I've said those things to people's faces. Of course you have. I, I have numerous friends that have said that to me. And do you know what I do? I say thank you and I go home. Yeah. I literally turn around and go home because I'm like, I don't. I know what you thought. And you're going to the basement to re redo your monologue. Probably, but yeah. like, I don't know, man. I, I don't do well in those situations. They're tough. So there's, the pro is that I'm removing myself from the situation. The con is that I miss out on people telling me that that they loved it, mm -hmm. that, that I affected them or whatever, yeah. made them laugh or made them forget about their shitty day. Um, I, said, I think I was mentioning earlier, I did get over it for like a month with Big Bang. Yeah. And now, because just because like... I could tell at the curtain call that the audience was with us. Yeah. That was a little bit different, but every other show, I usually, unless I know that a close friend is there and they came to see me and I'll go out to the lobby and say hello, mm -hmm. I just have to go home. 
because I get so such such bad social anxiety about it. It's yeah. tough. Now I'm I'm I've got developed a similar trait just because, like, if unless I know a, a, a person that means the world to me is in the house, I'll poke my head out and then disappear. I I go Irish goodbye real quick, and it's and and part of it is because I don't want to hear your opinion, and that sounds. That's extremely arrogant. I'll, I'll call it what it is. That's not the that's not not the nice guy approach. But to that's kind of what I said. Yeah. I don't I don't want to hear it. Like yeah. I know, if you thought it was shitty, I get it. Like I'll just leave. You mm. know what I mean? But but then the other part that another reason why is because I always find that out in and around it, the it's superficial. The conversation is superficial. Um, I, when I was doing Guards at the Taj, that kind of changed because every night we were doing talkbacks. After, uh, except for opening and closing, you do a talkback up at Betsy every night. Which, when they, when they presented it to me for the first time, I was like, oh no. Yeah, it's going to be awful. I'm not going to get home till like midnight. Oh, fuck. Boulder. And Yeah. And then like that long, dark drive along Highway 93. Hope it's not windy. You know? And, uh, <laughs> but then I would sit there and these these people would the people that stuck around had opinions or they wanted to hear me and Jay's thoughts me and Steven's thoughts not just me their their thoughts with without me and uh, they they were there for a purpose and even the people that hated it wanted to talk to us in certain regards and that was a really cool experience because they were forced to be genuine and ask their questions and share it from that perspective and I couldn't help but avoid it and so I would sit there and make myself as comfortable as possible and then just all right I'm gonna give you as much genuine answers as you're giving me genuine questions and that that was really helpful but the vast majority of the time I find that the uh, I always call it glad handing is yeah, it's good, good way to describe it's it. superficial and it's hard and because it, it sucks because like I'm terrible at playing the game like we were talking earlier about like sometimes it's friendship based. There's some nepotism. And if that's the case, I don't know specifics, but I don't also don't know what you need in order to become a friend that benefits from the relationship. Maybe I have been and I've never known. I'm I'm hopeful that that's happened, but I'm also hopeful that that hasn't happened. I hope it's been my 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 moment at the callback that sealed the deal and nothing else but it's it, when you when you come up there like oh how are you what's next for you you could never talk about what just transpired that's how you know and that's why I leave yeah and then you and then you have the conversation of like oh that was so fun you look like you're having such a great time like oh so you didn't like it? You're giving me anxiety just saying. Yeah, no, and you gotta you gotta sit through it. There's a party that's gotta sit through it. So but when I you can, I leave. I know, but it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I mean, how do we cope? We cope in our own ways. Like some of us, like you know what I do? Like the where we get to that place, I immediately remember something that I've seen from them either on Facebook that they've shared absentmindedly, and I go full stalker mode and go, tell me about your dog. Tell me about your car. I know that you just recently had car trouble. And I pull them out of the theater conversation as hard as I can. And either they're willing to have me that conversation with me or they're not. 
Hmm. And I've hit them with like, I heard you just broke up. I'm sorry about that. What happened? Whether I, whether I knew the person involved or not. That's where I've been able to get into a real conversation and we didn't have to talk about it. Like, it's if you don't want to talk about what that did for you, what it's not doing for you, what you're thinking about right now, did you enjoy what I did or did you enjoy it as a whole or not, whatever it was, if we can't have a real conversation about it, because you can have that without the gloss over line, the throwaway, fantastic. But if we're not and you expect me to stick around, and I'm stuck here because I'm playing the game as badly as I can. Then I go, Ben, tell me about that hat you're wearing. See, I wouldn't... Tell me about it. It's wicker? What is that? I do the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Be do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? You'd have them bail on you? Even if I didn't like it, hmm. i tell them something that I did like. And about Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And about no. them, too. Yeah, you, can pull, you can totally pull something. I'm not saying that's not disingenuous. No, it's not. Because I'm still true to myself. If yeah. I didn't like it, I'm not going to say it was great. Yeah. But like, I will even say, you are a really, you are such a good actor. You did this thing that mm -hmm. I loved, and like, that's not that's not false at all. Yeah. Like, I will always say that because usually, like, the theater I go to is with companies I know and people I know. It's usually good. Yeah. Like, it's not like just poop on stage. Like, mm -hmm. it's usually good. Yeah. Like, if I didn't like it, it's usually a script thing or something, and. Like, that's not their fault at all. And so I always have something good to say, and I mean it. And I, I golden rule it. Like, I feel so... I've had a close friend of mine, after a show, come up to me and do the whole, like... What did he... Well, someone came up to me and was like, How did you... Uh, how did you do this thing? Like, mm -hmm. how, like you know, uh, some tech element. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing, and I was like, okay, didn't like it. And I like gave him a hug. I was like, good to see you, and I left. Mm -hmm. And that is the only thing I could do to save my, to save my, like, soul. And I loved what Sylvia said, actually, mm -hmm. in class, when she said, like, yeah, actors have egos, but they have to. Yeah. They have to, because they're giving themselves to you. Yeah. They have to build up a wall. They have to build up armor. And I was like... That is exactly how I feel. Like, it's not necessarily ego in, like, the negative connotation, like, I'm so good. It's like, mm. no, I'm giving you, month, like, a month of my work and yeah. even longer of my time and soul. Like, and if you didn't like it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, like, just don't tell me. Like, I, or don't play the game because I can no. feel the energy. And that's... But I also, like, I'm a head case about that kind of stuff, too. Like mm. I said, like, I have really bad anxiety about that stuff. It'll ruin, like, my week sometimes. Mm. Especially when it's, like, with a close friend who I know. Are you okay about taking reviews? Or do you not even deal with them? I've only gotten one bad review. Ah. And it hurt real hard. Ah. Uh, but she gave me a great review later. Was it Juliet? Yeah, it was Juliet. <laughs> uh, Juliet, she... Oh, she ruined me. And she ruined me. She didn't ruin me. But she said something not great in a preview. Oh. She saw a preview. And I was like, give me a break. Like, she, and it was, I moved, I, so I, I did, my first show in town was Jerusalem at the Edge. Yeah. So I got spoiled. That was a like, beautiful show. God, I fucking loved that show. Everything. A lot of people loved that show. The audiences loved it. I think even, like, 
me, Peter is like my one of my closest, dearest friends. He's going to be one of the guys when I get married uh, next to me, if I if that ever happens. But he loved that show, and I remember seeing it, and like there was a part of my brain like, you loved being here. You're there like for two minutes at the beginning and two minutes at the end. This epic play, you're at the end. You bookend it. Yeah, Peter was a tiny part. Loved it. Loved every Same with Erica Fox. Yeah, no. Same. Love all of us did. Yeah. And uh, and I can't and now and I saw that show three times. I saw it opening night. I saw it the middle of the run on industry night, and I saw it closing weekend. I remember that's when we got to know each other. Yeah, and it was just it, it, that 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 was one of the shows where I auditioned. I auditioned for Rooster, and I didn't get invited to callbacks. But you're really young though. I but the, the ego didn't. I don't care oh, about okay, age. Okay. You can, go ahead. Let me let me be abundantly clear. I know age wise, I'm not right for it. But Guy Pierce was 40 years old, and they put makeup on him to make him look 200 years old in Prometheus. And maybe that movie sucked, but he did a great job. What I but what I'm trying like to tell you, away. what I'm trying to tell you, is he Augustus True did not have any gray. He was so good. He was so fucking good. That's the key. So he was good. amazing. So he was good. drop dead amazing. I was not amazing at my audition. I will be the first to say that. But I was still Butker because I really wanted that part because I knew that play. It's like the best part written in theater. In the it's one of the 10 years. exactly. But but what I'm the, just so we can move on from this moment. I just want to say, I am confident enough in my abilities that outside of a specific race request or gender request, I can kill any part. Okay. Any any, any part. Anyway. Any part. So yeah, that's arrogance, but I'll throw it out there. First and foremost, I believe in myself. And if you're not going to cast age specifically for every show, you might as well cast the best talent. Oh, I and agree. So let, me get, off, let me get off my soapbox. But anyway. That show Jerusalem was amazing. And it was breathtaking. And I can totally understand why. You had heavy hitters at all the positions you needed it. You had heavy hitters at all these littler parts that I didn't anticipate being so crucial. I mean, watching your, you you have a great moment in Jerusalem. You are this like soft, almost pushover quality guy, and then you went really hard. And I can't remember the exact moment and the lines, but you know the switch I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And it's and it and I was like, fuck yeah, who is this obnoxious, amazing guy? <laughs> and, That's my character though. He was like kind of a fuck, and then at the end, he like terrified. I had a yeah, I had a moment that I worked with Warren on that I loved. I loved doing that. Mm. Um, but, dude, that was my first show in town. Mm -hmm. I was spoiled. <laughs> like, my lord. Like, that was the most incredible thing. I was like, I could do this forever. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then I did... Are you crying right now? Oh, so good. No, I'm right. <laughs> uh, but I did uh, West Side Story at the Pace Center. That's where I met Caitlin. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I did Relatively Speaking a Germinal. And Juliet said, like... Something like, he's so focused on his British accent that he wasn't acting or something. Oh, and I was like, ugh. <sighs> I was like, that hurts. <laughs> I was like, that is mean. It was during a preview. I was like, give me a break. I was like, I'm going to tell Ed not to invite you anymore. Like, good goodness. And it <laughs> good hurt. goodness. Did you do that at the 73rd Avenue Theater? Yeah, in Westminster. Oh my God, what a terrible drive. Yeah, I, I hated that place. Here's the thing, I'll drive all around. I've driven all around I know. this state. I don't care. I know. But uh, that 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 old mechanic shop turned to a theater. It was not the most exciting place to perform. 
Wow. But ask Samara Bridwell how upset I was about that review. I was upset. I've I never have her on before she moves. That's I've a good point. never gotten a bad review, and that was my first one, and it hurt. But then, and I did not get over it until Beowulf, mm. when she she didn't even say anything good about me. Mm-hmm. All I know is that Beowulf got received well, mm-hmm. and that was I was like, okay, we're good now. Okay, like, we're back on the same. That's page. it. Like, not no, we're not. I'm just like batting. Not even, no, I'm just, I'm just even. Yeah. Like, I'm one for two. Okay. Like, she, she's never once said a nice thing about me. Struck but, out looking the first time. Yeah, struck out looking, and then the second time, she didn't say anything bad about me. But you legged out an infield single. But Beowulf got received really well. And so I was like, yeah. that's okay. I think we're good now. Nice. Like, she, obviously she doesn't like me. But, um, but that's fine. And so, like. What were we saying about bad reviews? How did we do that? I was asking in regards to like how how do they affect you? Oh, like do you do you even pay attention to reviews? Yeah, I okay. do. Okay. Uh, some people like won't like Mark Stith mm. won't look at him until the end. Yeah. And like I I I, I, I respect the hell out of that. Chloe McLeod's the same way, and and I think Anastasia Davidson also. I, I've and I, I've worked with both of them, and they're like, yeah, I'm not reading it until we're done. And then we got to the end, and then they read it. I was like, oh, that was, that was after. Oh, I can see where that point came from. Ah, whatever. Like, it has no effect on the after fact. And I'm like, I worship that quality. Because like, I can't help myself. If it's shared, like Jay posted our, our, our first review, Jihad. Yeah. And I was like, for, for regards to the Taj, I was like, mm, I'll, I'll ignore it. I'll share it, but I won't read it. Well, I can't share it without reading it. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll, go, I'll, 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 read, I'll read it. And I was like... Scroll, scroll, scroll. Where's my name? Okay. Yes, we're both in the play. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Serviceable job. <laughs> or something Serviceable like, job. Something like that. Serviceable. Fist, I, fist pump. <laughs> one of my first one of my first uh, big shows I had this big, huge part in, I, I was not even mentioned in the review. So like, they, they didn't even talk about the ensemble. I was like, like the third support. I was like one of the supporting roles. I was one of the top three, but definitely not a star. And they didn't mention my part. And I was like, oh, I think that's a good job. I've convinced myself that if they don't mention you, then you did everything that they anticipated you did, or you should have done. And so it's like you didn't do anything at all. Like you did the job, but you didn't blow them away in any particular avenue. <laughs> it's like a, there's this, this line from Futurama, from God, the character God. Okay. And, and God tells Bender, is like, when you do things right, people won't think you've done anything at all. And that's where I go to it. If they don't mention me, I did things right. Okay. Yeah. I've been told I've been, I, would, like, I got a bad review when I did Night of the Iguana. I was called a stereotype. Wait, who were you? I was Pedro. Oh, were you? I was the, I was the, I was the, the field hand, basically, yeah, yeah. the resort manager. <laughs> Doing all the work. I never left the stage, and I got called a stereotype. Even though I never spoke... Until except for like three lines near the end, and I and I told Larry to stop. I'm like, Larry, stop! And then we got into a fight, <laughs> and then that was the end of it. Stereotype. Stereotype. I'm a stereotype apparently, but then uh, yeah, I've I've got there was one play I did where again where I wasn't mentioned and I was, I'm at the end of the play like railing at the world and like not even mentioned, and then I've done plays where that all of my friends hated that I've gotten great reviews, and so you don't you love that? Yeah. The conflicting. Like, like, my friends hated this. And then you get mad. What? Like, yeah. Who's right? Yeah. What is going on here? Exactly. I'll, who's right? I'll be honest with you. I 
am not the type of person that will lie to myself. No. So if I see a review, it's like, no, I'm going to read it. Okay. Like, without hesitation, and I won't even, like, hide it. I mm-hmm. won't even, like, pretend like I'm not reading it. No, I'll read it. Fuck yeah. I'll read it. I don't care. Do it. And, and I won't lie. Like, if I'm not mentioned and I'm a significant role, yeah, it bugs me. Mm-hmm. Have an opinion. Say something. Like, yeah. and that's... I would rather see, like, I don't know, I'd rather see, like, they sucked than nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it's just because of that feedback in me, like, in the rehearsal room, like, I really want the feedback, but then, you know, socially, like, I don't. So, like, if you're, like, your job is to review the play, like, review the play. Yeah. Do it. Do the job. And, uh, thankfully, like, it's been pretty good, I would say, but, mm. like, it doesn't, like, unless I get a really bad review, it won't, like, affect my mood. Like, if it's, no. like, Ben was fine, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yep. Move on. Yep. Because... I've gotten serviceable, literally, word for word, and been like, great. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Perfect. You didn't say anything mean about me. Did the job. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's... Serviceable is only bad when you're talking about a professional athlete. <laughs> I agree. But, like, it's, it's also, like, one of those things, like, you... I, I do, like... I try to do, like, five to six shows a year. Well, I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like... My mantra for, like, going forward, because I got really tired, mm-hmm. you know, like, is to do a lot of quality stuff. Like, maybe three or four shows that I really am passionate about, you know, because it's a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. Five, five to six is a lot. And that's that's a lot. Was, that's what I was doing in 2015, 16, and 17. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot. And so I'm trying to calm down but like I don't know like you can't really like do a brilliant job in everything unless you get like brilliant roles at brilliant theaters with tons of time to work on it Mm -hmm. every single time and that's just not the case every time it doesn't mean you're a bad actor it just means that you know something wasn't gelling that particular instance and so like I'm not butthurt if I don't see like a great thing written about me all the time and like i still consider myself somewhat new in town Mm. you know what i mean like i've only been here this is my third year Mm -hmm. in town like i don't don't think that's that long there are people who've been here for like how long have you been here a decade i've been working yeah 11 years i graduated in 2007 from metro i was listening to you and luke and i was like yeah these guys have worked yeah we've done i almost i think we've done 12 shows together if not more than that and so, like, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done three shows. I've done a lot, you know, but, like, I'm still, like, I still consider myself very new. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. And so, I don't know. It's... I have a similar mindset. I've been doing this for 11 years, and I still don't think I'm in a place where I can start negotiating contracts and things like that and going equity and, and, and from... I've... That I've probably viewed it in the wrong terms, but this idea of throwing some weight around. I still have so much work to do. Offer it to me. Offer me the equity card. Great. I'm not going to apply for it. <laughs> you can take your card though, right? Yeah, I'm sure I could. They lowered the weeks. Yeah. I, I've, 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 2016 and 2017 was really good for me because I did Aurora Fox, Aurora Fox, Arvada Center, Arvada Center. Oh yeah, you can join. Yeah, but I mean, while I've got that in my pocket, I'm also like, I 
If I took that card, I don't think I'd be working at Vintage. At the moment, I still have that on my hands. So that's nice. And I haven't gotten anything since. So, and, and if, and one of the things too is like, I followed up a great year as an actor with one of the worst callbacks of my existence at a, at a, at an equity theater. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. And so I was like, ah, where's like, I'm not applying. I'm not applying because I'm not going to get the contract. I'm not going to be making the money anywhere else. It would have pulled me out of the show. At least two of them probably. And yeah, I mean, anyway, that's beside the point, but I mean. There's this idea in my head where I'm still not at this echelon that I, I put people on. There are people on this level above me that I'm still like, can I get there? Uh, give me a rope, something. I'm with you. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And I've asked a lot, because I recently am eligible to get my card mm-hmm. after my Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, time. And, you know, I was asking, like, when's the right time? And they were basically, a lot of people were saying, you'll know what that means, which is so unhelpful. No. That is yeah. like the least helpful. Yeah, it's not it. like love. Like, you'll know yeah. when it happens to you. What? What? No. No. This is a business decision. Yeah. And <laughs> I basically, like, because I probe. I, I'm the type of person that will follow up and follow up and mm-hmm. follow up. And so I'm like, no, no, what does that mean? And basically, like, what I've deduced is, like, you will be put in a business situation where you have, like, you know, show up, show up, to show lined up with an equity car contract and you will be forced to. Or like if you need health insurance, mm-hmm. like you will be put in a situation where it is the best thing for you. Or if you move to New York and you don't want to wake up at four in the morning every day and you want to join equity and you want to, you know, get your name on the sign up list and be guaranteed a slot. That's, you know, that's a time. And so for me, like, I love the work I do. I love the non-equity stuff that I get to do and the equity stuff that I get to do. But, you know, the non-equity stuff lets me do, like, shows at theaters that I love doing. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm totally content. Yeah, yeah not, doing, not doing that. But, it, but like you said, it's really nice having it in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, like, to be able to be like, you know what? I'm moving to Chicago or New York. Like, let's go equity. Exactly. Well, I hear Chicago's not the best Mm. It's a non-equity town, but no. New York is an equity town. So, like, if I ever, you know, moved, then be like, yeah, I can just uh, turn equity right now. Nice. You know, and that is a situation where, mm-hmm. like, you'll know it's time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is stupid. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So that's, I'm with you, man. Like, I need to feel like I can constantly book that stuff and have those relationships with those theaters and have a body of work. Where people will read a resume and be like, yeah, this guy's totally ready. Nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. No. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, that's, a, that's a great perspective on it, on yeah. that particular aspect of it. When we get to this stage of the uh, conversation, we, use, we always ask this, this gem of a question. How would you leave the ghost light on for the next gem? What's your ghost light? My ghost light is, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, but I think it's just to tell myself this because I'm just trying to get myself out of like that habit is to work really hard on everything you do, Mm -hmm. present and execute your work to the best of your ability and hold your head high no matter what. Nice. 
that is what I try to do, and it's so much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, like, definitely. As we were saying, like, you know, about class and stuff, like, I worked really hard on all that stuff, and, you know, you give yourself to feedback, and you have to be proud of that work. Mm-hmm. And same with shows, same yep. with work, it's all the same. Absolutely. The preparation is all the same. So that's, that's my ghost line. Nice. So it's advice for them and me. Perfect. No, I think that's the best advice. You take it yourself. You wouldn't give information you wouldn't take for yourself. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a very much so a golden rule type of person. Mm-hmm. Where I have... Because I, I, I didn't used to be. Then you grow up and mm-hmm. I, I always want to treat people and interact with people the way that I would prefer to be treated. Cause just because I get so... I'm really susceptible to other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, Ben, thank you. Dude, gonna, thank you. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You found something you're good at. You're good at acting. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. You're oh, good at this. We came full circle. I did. Huh? I, I held on to that nugget right from the jump. Oh, God. Um, I, I, I like to listen to my guests. That's why I record us talking. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, the actor is Ben Hilzer. Um, he can be seen this weekend with, what's the company? It's Central City Opera and Boulder Phil. But that's sold out. But next... But you can still maybe get scalp tickets, yeah? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, if you're interested. It's Maybe. <laughs> but, as Joe and Luke shamelessly plugged, and mm. I will continue to do so. Yes, keep this going, the triumvirate. Oh, man, we've, we've, we've been so excited about this for a long time. Because uh, Joe and I pitched it during Big Bang mm. to Bernie. We were like, we need to do complete works of Shakespeare Bridge. <laughs> and Bernie was like, maybe. And then it, then it got on the books, and we were like, oh, God, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, myself, Joe Von Bokern, Luke, Romsdorf, Terry are doing the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge at Spotlight Theater at the John Hand and Lowry, which is down the street from my house. I love it. Yeah. Down June. the street from me. Yeah. For at the moment, anyway. Yeah, you don't live too far away from me. Uh-huh. I live, yeah, 10 minutes south of Lowry. All right. Well, we're going to Comrade. We'll pick up Dan Ritt and we'll go to Comrade. That's where I used to live. It's right behind Comrade. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Anyway, sidebar. <laughs> June, late June to late July. I think it'll be a blast and a half. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so good. So you can definitely catch that this summer. Do it. Shakespeare Bridge, the complete works. Make yes. it happen. It's going to be at the hand. Um, get your tickets. Follow the Ghost Lights podcast on Podbean and iTunes. Please do it on one of those service providers as soon as you can. Look out for a revamped, better formatted com- commercial coming soon from my boy <laughs> Dan Ribb. Um, he, he did me a solid, went out of his way. Made a great commercial for us. I love it. I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, it's got a little bit of uh, it's got a little bit of a pompousness at the end with my voiceover that I really love. I'm really I'm over the moon with that little quality of addition to that commercial he, he created for me. And then it's also got the fact that sometimes I need a little help to talk to my guests because I'm nervous as hell. Uh, Why? Oh, because it's you know I'm recording it and I'm going to put fun, it. Though. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a great time. I I. I honestly want to create a place where every actor in this town and then eventually this nation and then eventually the world goes like, I love talking to him. That would be great. That's my goal. Well, you know, like, have you ever talked to theater people where they're like, I get exhausted talking about theater. Mm -hmm. I'm the opposite because I work as an accountant and I don't talk about it all day. Mm -hmm. So I get off work and that's all I want to talk about. Nice. So anytime I get an avenue, absolutely. Well, this is an avenue. Please come back again. I'm going to have... 
you and Luke and Joe back when yes. we, we get I'm gonna try and schedule a rehearsal day get into the theater after the fact like a Thursday night when you have the next day off for rehearsal be awesome we'll, we'll talk about it late into the night at the hand maybe we'll bump into to John himself the ghost and um, have some real ghost light action and we'll, and we'll, and we'll pimp your show then ghost lights abridged yeah oh baby that's a great idea once again ladies and gentlemen it's the ghost lights podcast we're on pod beans we're on itunes the song is war by the hypnotic brass ensemble please download that song on itunes as well it's about a buck 29 you will not be disappointed um it's sam gilstrap with ben hilsler we out this motherfucker